the golden key ingredient to authentic relationship, what relationship is built from, is attention. That means that if you're lost in thought, relationship is impossible. Now, relationship is the source of life itself. Welcome to the Making Sales Social Podcast, featuring the top voices in sales, marketing, and business. Join Bryn Tillman and me, Bob Woods, as we each bring you the best tips and strategies our guests are teaching their clients, so you can leverage them for your own virtual and social selling. Enjoy the show. My guest for this episode of Making Sales Social is Larry Silverberg, a renowned New York City-based acting coach and founder of the True Acting Institute. We aren't going to be talking about acting in the traditional sense, though. We're venturing into a space where acting and the world of business intersect. Larry advocates for what he calls heart-centered leadership to help senior executives and emerging leaders attract and retain the very best talent. He'll share how heart-centered leadership can be applied to organizations, as well as on professional networking platforms like LinkedIn. We'll get into that a little bit, but it's going to be mainly focused on the executive suite, although we are going to talk a little bit about sales as well. So with that, Larry, welcome to Making Sales Social. (laughs) Hi, Bob. Thank you. Nice to see you today. Thank you for inviting me onto your podcast. Oh, certainly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So our first uh, question on making sales social is always, what does making sales social mean to you? And you're probably going to have a little bit of a different per- perspective because because you're more on on your side of the street as opposed to our yeah. side. Yeah. Well, you know, let me let me just give you a first a, a little background about what's bringing me into this whole corporate venue. You know, the whole corporate yeah. world. Yeah. I, you know, I'm as you know, Bob, because you took a look uh, and you've been looking at my website. I'm a I'm an author of many books on acting, and I've been very fortunate. My wife and I have traveled the world, and I've trained actors and directors and acting coaches. Mainly for the last 15 years, I've been training professional acting coaches, professors, and so you know, I. And I love, I absolutely love what I do. I have, I have a deep, you know, Bob, I have a deep aching, a longing to make a bigger difference because what I have seen in the work that I do with my, my people, you know, it's very interesting. My work has been focused, very focused on the craft, the art and craft of acting. Yet my students who are all adults, professionals come to me, continually have come to me and say, you know, not only has my acting improved, not only am I booking films and TV shows in Hollywood and in New York, but my whole life has transformed. My relationships, my relationships have strengthened. I have more authentic relationships. I, I feel more intimacy and honesty and transparency and trust and all of these great things. So, you know, and nice. now I have seen that continuously. I've been doing this for 30 years and I know that the work that I do is a foolproof. It's this, the exercises, which are absolutely step by step by step, lay a foundation for these incredibly powerful things to occur for, for human beings. Now, what I have noticed in the last few years, especially, especially I would say during COVID, but before that, even in the corporate world, 
in, in people I know, in family members, in a lot of people I talk to, and in people who have studied with me, who also are very involved, not just in the acting world, but also many of them in the corporate world, I see tremendous suffering, suffering. And, and that's a very powerful word. And it's a word I don't think is yeah. used very often when people are talking about corporate leadership is suffering. Now, I don't like, I don't in particular like suffering very much. But here's the thing about suffering. You know, this, you may find this interesting, Bob, that if we really, if we deal with the reality of our human condition, we know that we only understand or we only know anything by contrast. What I mean is we only know up because we know down. Yeah, if there right. was no down, we wouldn't know up. We only know joy because we know pain. If there was no pain, we wouldn't know joy. So I'm not a big, I'm not a big fan of suffering yet. At the same time, we know that it's absolutely built into our human experience. Yeah. It's almost a tool. Now, what? It's almost a tool, I would say, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Well, we could call it a tool. We could, you know, but it's certainly, it's certainly instructive. Mm -hmm. um, but here's the thing. I don't want to add any additional suffering to anyone. And I, I, part of my own particular mission, now this may sound pretty far out and maybe it's a stretch and maybe people would say it's unachievable, but my personal mission is to end human suffering. And certainly the place I, I have focused now, my attention right now is in the corporate world because I have seen, now look, you know, I'll tell you something. A few weeks ago, I don't know, did you see, Bob, did you see the report from the Surgeon General on the epidemic of loneliness? Yeah, I, I do remember that. Yeah, I do yeah. remember that. Yeah, it's very, it's very powerful. And so what we know is that huge numbers of people in every sector are experiencing life uh, dampening, uh, debilitating sense of loneliness and isolation. Now, not just because they're alone. In particular, even in the midst of many people, they're feeling they're feeling tremendous loneliness and isolation. Now, in the corporate world, what we must deal with is this suffering that people are experiencing, not not just because maybe their jobs are hard or they've had a particular situation that morning before they came to work, but this vast sweeping epidemic of people feeling disconnected from other human beings that they're with in the present moment. This is where, now I, I like to simplify the whole thing. I don't like complexity. In everything I do, I try to make it very simple. And in this arena of corporate leadership, I like to boil it down to make it very simple. I don't mean easy, because as we know, growth and change ain't easy, but it doesn't have to be complicated. So the thing that I'm advocating is that leaders start to deal with First of all, the fundamental component, the, the foundation. Now, you know, if I ask you, and this is a very obvious question, and I love very obvious questions. And as I said, to make things simple, if I ask you, Bob, if you're going to build a new house, what's the first thing you got to do? Foundation. Exactly. You have to build a strong foundation because if you don't, everything that's built on top of it is going to crumble. So yeah. then we must ask, what is the absolute fundamental foundation component in what I'm calling the art of true leadership? And the fundamental component of true leadership, of great leadership, what I call top 
5% leadership. Now, top 5%. Now, I would hope that the, the, all, of, all of your listeners, I'm hoping that what I'm, uh, the people I'm reaching, the leaders I'm reaching are striving to be in that top 5%. Because you know what? The 95% are tearing away at the very fabric of their corporations. We must strive to be in this, what I call the top 5%. And that means we must lay a very strong foundation first. So what is that fundamental component? That fundamental component, Bob, is authentic relationship. And this is the thing that is vastly missing in the corporate sector because, and here's why. I've done tremendous study on this. I've re- I read report after report. I have interviewed many senior executives. I've talked with employees. And what we know is that, first of all, 80% of Fortune 500 company leaders say they cannot attract the top talent. We also know from studies that 75% of the top talent in corporate corporations worldwide are thinking about another job. Why? Why, why do we have such a, a vast problem? It's because the, what's missing is that foundation, fundamental component of great leadership which is authentic relationship. So this is yeah. this is a big conversation and this is something we can get into. So what does that actually mean authentic relationship? What what makes for authentic relationship and what do I have to do to revive because here's here's the thing. I, I Bob, you know what? I go into many tangents, so I'm going to ask you sometimes <laughs> if I if I go into tangents, you help help bring me back because Bring you back. You got okay, it. Okay. Bring me back to where I was because I I can get lost along the way. You know, so the thing about authentic relationship here's here. And I hope this will be very encouraging. I I say something to everybody I work with and the people I'm working, the executives I have started to work with. The thing I say is that you were born every every human organism was born to be a top five percent leader. And I can prove it. And the reason I say that is, Bob, when you if you think back. Of course, you may not remember this too well, but when when you and I, when we popped out of our mothers, when we were first born, what was the first thing we were born into? Uh, I would say like nothingness or whatever, just because you don't know well, what's going on. You don't know what's going on, but there was something that existed. It actually existed before you popped out. But, okay. but, there's, but what we're talking about now is authentic relationship. And what oh. we know is, the, is, is you are born, we are born out. This is... This is wonderful. We are born out of relationship and we are born into relationship. Okay. There is nothing that exists. There is nothing that we know of that exists that is not in relationship. If you think about it, there are no flowers where there are no bees. Relationship. The sun and our our bodies and the trees, photosynthesis, vitamin D, relationship. The moon and the tides, relationship. We're talking about something huge here. So the thing that, again, striving to be a top 5% leader, the first thing that we must do is revive. And this is why I say it's encouraging and why I say you were born to be a top 5% leader. We know what that is. We were born in authentic relationship. It already exists. So maybe I should define a little bit what I mean by authentic relationship. Would that be a good idea? 
Yes, yeah, so definitely authentic <laughs> relationship, and definitely you know the the concept of, of heart centered leadership as as well, because because I think you know for us this is this is what it's going to come 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 down to, especially you know these leaders are out there and they're seeing you know all of this discontent among their yes. workforce may not yes. know why, and and you know it's like. You, you know, you hear about the the great resignation, and you know everybody right. like that they're all ticked yes. off and everything. And and yeah. the good leaders are like, okay, I can improve. What? How do I use this to improve? Yeah. So look, the, yes, the great resignation, and uh, yeah, people leaving by droves, and it really hasn't ended. But when you talk about heart centered leadership, this is why I'm calling my work now which, you know, we're, we're preparing all the new websites and all that. Mm-hmm. People now can go to True Acting Institute. But I'm calling my new work uh, the leaders to be a leader of human beings. That's a very specific thing, to be mm-hmm. a leader of human beings. We, are, we don't got to worry about those machines too much. Yes, we got to oil them and keep them going. But, you know, they don't, they don't have the kind of sensitivity and uh, sensibilities that a human organism does. So we must move. Bob, the thing is, the old model of leadership, you know, we call it transactional. Yeah. We, we have the old model that just isn't working. I think we all know it. Every one report after another is talking about moving from transactional leadership. What does that mm-hmm. mean? That means, look, I pay you, I pay you good money. So keep your mouth shut and do your job. Right. It doesn't work anymore. It's been shown that people are leaving jobs and taking lesser pay because they don't like their boss. Yep. They just Absolutely. they don't feel aligned with the mission of the company, right? So yeah. how do we get how do we get the employees to jump on board with us? You can't make it happen. So here's okay, so you asked about heart-centered leadership. Here's the key. You know, a lot of a lot of these words, emotional intelligence, presence, you know, all of this jargon. I don't like jargon. I, I just don't like jargon. It's it's, you know, these catchphrases. They don't really mean anything. What means something is when it's talked about that you as a leader must become compassionate. You must have empathy. You must be actually listening. They call it active listening. Well, here's the here's the problem. You cannot fake compassion. You cannot pretend empathy. When you revive, and as I, as I said, I said it was going to be encouraging because you have all of the abilities, all of the skills, the full capacity to be a leader that is a leader at the top 5% level who has the ability to be in authentic relationship. And what that means is, here's the key. These are the three most important words for everybody, everybody who's listening to take away in terms of leadership. There are some words we want to take out of our leadership vocabulary, and then there are some important words we must include. And these are the most, the three most important words we must include. That is cues of safety. I'll say that again. Cues of safety. Okay. And what I mean, yeah, what I mean is by cues of safety is when you are in authentic relationship, you exude you give off, you exude what's called cues of safety. Now, the person standing in front of you, your team, your employees, 
they are a nervous system. You know, over millions of years, we have developed this highly refined nervous system. That nervous system is constantly on the lookout for danger. It's also on the lookout for cues of safety. Now, when you exude cues of safety, suddenly, this is the beauty, suddenly your employees trust you, they fall Mm -hmm. in love with you, they're transparent with you, they're honest with you, they are no longer stealing pencils from the (laughs) supply cabinet, right? Mm -hmm. They are no longer doing the least uh, work required of them. They are no longer staying home. Absenteeism goes away. People show up at their, at, as their whole selves. They will do anything for you. They will work extra hours. And you know what? Here's the thing, because here's the thing about, I love this. Here's the thing about compassion and empathy. You know, people, a lot of leaders who I've been talking to, a lot of senior executives, they hear the words compassion and empathy. They think it's like, ooh, you know, like touchy-feely kind of stuff. Right. Yep. You know, I was just new doing that. Yep. It's like, too, you, it, I'm, you know, I'm being too touchy-feely. No. Here's here's the truth. When you exude cues of safety, now, only now, can will you be invited by your employees, wholeheartedly invited, to be rigorous with them and, and create a rigorous, rigorous environment where they are held accountable? Because you know what? People want to be held accountable because if they're not, they think their work doesn't matter. And if a person doesn't believe their work matters, they they get depressed and they leave. They're gone. Right? Yeah. Nobody wants to work in a place day after day after day, hour after hour, and think that their work doesn't make a difference. Nobody, Bob, you know what? Nobody works for money. Yes, we work for money. Of course we work for money. But nobody works for money. Every person who's working for you is there because they're aching and longing to make a difference in the time they've been given on this planet. People want to know they make a difference. Here's the other thing people want to know. When you're when you exude cues of safety, people feel witnessed. Bob, you have kids. Yes? Yes. No. We talked Oh, no. You don't have dogs. kids. No, dogs. You have, oh, you have dogs. Okay. Well, you know this with your dogs. But and every person who has kids knows or if you've been around kids, you know, I have two. I have two kids. When kids are little, they're constantly saying, Daddy, look at me. Mommy, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. You and I did this when we were little. Every human being has an innate, intrinsic need to have their life witnessed Mm -hmm. until you can be in authentic relationship. That person feels not, they feel, they do not feel valued. They do not feel heard. You know why they don't feel that way? Because they're not being valued, because Mm -hmm. they're not being heard. Now, in my work, in my work with people, what I have created is an incredibly effective step-by-step approach to reviving our ability to not just listen, but let me give you this phrase, to listen with the ear of one's heart. To listen with the ear of one's heart. Bob, when you hear that, what kind of listening does that suggest? It it suggests um, empathetic listening. It suggests basically that the person who is listening really cares and has and and has empathy and and yes. really wants to to be there for the person and not just yeah. you know just blow them off or whatever. Yeah, yeah, to care, but not to try to care, not to try no, to be compassionate. 
But right, exactly. To you yep. cannot fake your caring. Right. To be to actually care. Here's another word that's not used in the workplace too often. Love. <laughs> you know what? Love. <laughs> you know what? I would ask every leader, do you love your employees? Man, I'm telling you, when I work with my students, I love them. I love them because I see them working hard. I see what they're going through. I know the challenges they're facing. It's hard, man. It's hard to do this work. Again, it's not easy. It's not complicated. But making an internal shift, is it takes some doing. It takes some work. What we're talking about is changing behavior. Now, what we know is that most human beings, I would say 95%, would do anything not to be uncomfortable, right? Right, we, yeah, we, brain coming right. in, which, which, which I think that you were even talking about before. And, you know, we, I, I think we all know what lizard brain means and, and, and yeah. the avoidance of that. And I think that that's what you were getting into before, but that's what I kept thinking in my mind was, was the whole lizard brain mentality and avoiding danger and going yeah. towards and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We're we are our minds are survive we're we're a looking for trouble machine. Yep. Right? That's our survival mechanism. And that's yep. why that it's called mobilization from fear. Now when we have mobilization from fear, which is how most corporations the environments most corporations are creating unfortunately, which is why yep. we have the great resignation when you have mobilization with fear that's fight flight or freeze. So people fight, go into fight, flight, or freeze mode. Now, yeah. when we exude cues of safety, suddenly we create an environment that's called mobilization without fear. That's when people can be creative. That's when we get innovation. That's when there's a, a feeling of safety that I can really speak my mind. I can say, I can give new ideas to the boss because I know I'm not going to be shot down like in a mean way, in a mean spirited way. Well, my idea may not work out, but I trust that the boss has my best interests in mind. And together as a team, we all have the best interests of the company in mind. It's yep. the only way companies can fulfill their mission in a in a big way globally, you know, to, to fulfill it in an integral way is when you have the whole team facing in the same direction together as a unit, actually enjoying each other and enjoying the challenges. Here, you know, Bob, enjoy when I say enjoying the challenges, this is great. I I, I love this because Looking to up your LinkedIn game? The Social Sales Link team has you covered with our LinkedIn Sales Accelerator, a guided social selling program that includes training, coaching, and so much more. Visit socialsaleslink.com slash in for more details. Again, that's socialsaleslink.com slash in. People for, I think most people forget that, you know, we, we don't want things to be easy. You know, ultimately, we don't want things to be easy. We, we love when things are challenging. If we're in the right environment, this environment of safety, as I described, when you're a kid, think about kids who do skateboarding. Now, yeah. how many kids would be satisfied if they're a skateboarder just going down the flat road? None or next to none, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Ne next to next to none. And so, mm. what do what do they do, Bob? So, what do they do? What do these skateboarders do? They 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 find all different types of places to to challenge yeah. them, or whether it's a formal <laughs> park or it's a, uh, a you know like a skateboard park or or just like a um, downtown landscape or whatever. I mean, you you see that stuff yeah. 
all the time with yeah, these. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, that's right. They want ramps. They want all kinds of crazy stuff to jump off. We yeah. love when, th- you know why we love when things are hard? Because when things are hard, when we succeed, when, we, you know, first of all, it takes all of our energy, all of our commitment, all of our strength, all of our emotional, spiritual, psychological effort to that gets put into the accomplishment of this really hard thing, which is this, you know, this is the hero's journey, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but the, the, the great thing is that when we accomplish it, what is the result? What, how do we feel when we accomplish this really hard thing? How do we feel? Oh, great. Oh my God. We have triumph of success, right? Incredible, yep. incredible satisfaction and joy. This is why we love when things are hard. If so, if everything comes easy, you know, a lot of people w- w- would rather everything come easy. Well, no, you know what? Nothing great can be accomplished when everything's made easy. But we know that everything of value in this life, we know this, we know the reality. We may want to ignore the reality, but the reality is anything of value is challenging. Mm-hmm. Yet, yet this, the accomplishment of it is extraordinary. And what I'm looking for with my clients, the people I'm working with, the ex- senior executives I'm working with, I work with people who want extraordinary results, you know, yeah. extraordinary results. That's yeah. my interest. So with that in mind, let's um let's talk about any any success story that 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 you can share where where yeah. you know, all the stuff has gone in, it's worked and and be as specific as as you can be obviously without, you know. Well, I I'll just I'll just give you well, let, but, let me tell you first first of all, you know, most of my success story, because I've been training actors for 30 years, is I have, I just had one actress, a very wonderful actress, could just get booked in two major TV series. And I, and th- you know, so I've had those successes for 30 years. So my students are working actors in Hollywood. But sure. I'm, so I'm making this, you know, I'm making my expansion now into the corporate world. So it's, it's much newer. But I'll tell you a, a wonderful story. I, I love this. I was talking with a, a big senior executive a few weeks ago who came to me. And he heard about my new work. He connected with me on LinkedIn, which I'm making. People can check out my LinkedIn. I'm starting to make connections there. I have some videos where I talk about my core values. In the, yes, yes, that's right. In the leaders of human, my leaders of human beings and my core values. But here was a, this is, I, I love this because I think this is very instructive. And here, here's what happened. So this, this very big senior executive from a, a very um, successful company came to me and said, Larry, I know that I know your specialty. I've heard about your work. And here's my issue. I am stuck in my head. (laughs) And I love this because for 30 years, for 30 years, my actors who come to me, they go, Larry, I'm stuck in my head. And this is one of my specialties is helping people get out of their head. Because when you're stuck in your head, you cannot get into what I call the flow of life itself. When you're in the flow, you know, maybe you've heard this the, the term the flow. You know, a lot of people talk about being in the flow. Athletes talk about it all the time. I used to be a basketball player. Oh, you're shaking your head. So you know, you know about the flow, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's it's been, you know, it's been widely talked about. And here's the thing, you know, athletes talk about it. I used to be a basketball player. I, I, I was a high school basketball player. So I never reached the level of, you know, NBA. Now we're, we're enjoying the finals of, of NBA. Uh, but I had moments, Bob, where suddenly every shot, no matter where I was on the court, crazy shots, you know, everyone whoosh right through the net. And where I felt that incredible sensation of 
being riding on this like this force that was taking me for a ride. I didn't have to do anything. It became effortless, you know. So there is there is this thing called the flow. And I think leaders need to there needs to be a way to enter into this place that you absolutely cannot make happen. This is where we feel a great sense of relaxation and creativity, uh, you know, innovation. It all starts to happen effortlessly. And this, this is the work I've been doing for 30 years is actors absolutely to be effective and to get cast in these parts have to enter, have to purposely enter that place called the flow of life itself. Yet you cannot choose it or make it happen intellectually. So what I do is I have ways of training people so that what I, I call it, we unlock the gate. And when we open the gate, the flow becomes available to us. And that's, that's my work. So you asked for the example. I, I again, I'm, go, I, I'm sorry, Bob, tangent after tangent. That's, 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 that's my it, life. It's great though. It's all building up. <laughs> I love so, it. So, great. so, so as I was saying, this executive came to me, he said, I heard that you help people get out of their head because when you're stuck in your head, you cannot be in the flow. Um, so I, I, I said, yeah, that's, that's true. He said, yeah. So he goes, Larry, we were talking. He said, Larry, here it is. This is my problem. It's happening right now. You're talking to me. We're talking and I'm thinking about what I'm going to have for lunch. So it's, you know, and I, and what I told him, Bob, is that you are already by saying, by telling me that you're aware, you're actually aware that you're in your head. You already have reached a very high level. Because 95% of human beings are not at the level of awareness. You know the phrase. It's a very popular phrase. There's a reason it's so popular. The phrase is lost in thought. 95% of human beings spend 95% of their time lost in thought. Now, Bob, when you're lost in thought, where is your attention? Yeah, I was going to say, you're, you're laser focused on those thoughts and and and, yeah. and everything around you just gets filtered, filtered out, or, you know, even just shut down. Exactly. 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 You, you, that you just summed it up. Your attention is on yourself. It's going inwards towards yourself and you are no longer available to the world around you. That's a dangerous place, literally and emotionally in every way. It's a dangerous state to be in when you're in your head, lost in thought, your attention is on yourself. Now, this is, this is the work I do. I revive each, each person's ability to give their full 100% attention to the person they're with and to the world around them. Because when your attention is on yourself, you only have the possibility to have three best friends. You, I bet you know who they are. Who are your three best friends when your attention is on yourself? Would that be the typical me, myself, and I? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And you know what? Me, myself, and I, they're not a lot of fun. They're no. not a lot of fun. And you know what? Here's the other thing. We could go into a lot of, you know, the psychological, uh, uh, you know, proof of this. But the thing is, suffering, we talked about suffering. The roots of suffering is when our attention starts to turn inwards towards ourselves. You see, when we're born, our attention is fully outwards towards the world around us. We're curious. We're interested. We're, we're just right. We're fully involved. We're connected and intimately involved with everything and everyone. 
And then slowly, as we grow up, our, for many reasons, our attention turns inward. And this is the beginning of great suffering. This is why there's meditation, Zen practice, Buddhist practices, you know, all of these things to deal with, as Zen calls it, our monkey minds, which are jumping from thought to thought to thought to thought. So if we're, if we're lost in thought, we cannot function in any way as a leader or in any other way because we are no longer available to the people that we're working with or to the world around us. So, yeah. oh, so anyway, I, you asked, I'm, I'll come back to this example. So, I, so I, I, I told the person that he was already at a very high level because of his awareness. As we know, change only happens from awareness first. And if, if so the first thing we have to do, you ask, what can we do? The first thing every person must do, if this is of interest, I, I'll, I, I never, I never give anybody advice to do anything they're not interested in doing. But if this is of interest to you, those of you who are listening, the first thing we must do is bring to awareness how often we are lost in thought. Because as I said, change only happens with awareness. And what start, what happens is, you know, it's like this, Bob, if, if, if you were a fish and I said to you, uh, you know, if I said to a fish, uh, I said, well, what is water? A fish would say, water, water, I, I, I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. It's only when the fish jumps above the water and looks down and says, oh my God, that's what I've been in all this time. And that's the, that's the shocking realization when people realize how much they are lost in thought. You see, here's the thing. I'll, let me give you one of my favorite quotes. The greatest gift you can give to another is the quality of your attention. The key ingredient of relationship. I know we're, we're probably getting close to the end here, Bob. We, I've been talking your ear off. But Good. the key ingredient, the golden key ingredient to authentic relationship, what relationship is built from is attention. That means that if you're lost in thought, relationship is impossible. Now, relationship is the source of life itself, right? We said that. We know that two people come together to make life, right? That's how you and I were made, by relationship. Relationship is the key source ingredient of life itself. That means without relationship, no life. Without attention, no relationship. That means that attention, without attention, life, we are at the, we are at the end of life itself. Yeah, this is why this is this is the source. We talked about the epidemic of loneliness, the root cause of the epidemic of loneliness and the and the key ingredient to the solution for it is the reviving of authentic relationship. When you have authentic relationship, loneliness goes away because the other person feels valued, heard and that their life is being witnessed. So. I think you were asking, what can one, what can executive, what can somebody take away? What can they actually start to do? Yep. Right. That's next question. So yeah, absolutely oh, perfect. I, right okay. I read, I read your mind. Yeah. Here's the first thing. Now I, I can't get into all the exercises because I have a whole, I, I actually, I'm offering a three day retreat on, on heart centered leadership. It's a retreat I bring to companies. I will do with a group of 20 employees, emerging leaders, uh, senior executives. I will also be offering my three-day uh, heart-centered leadership retreat at a, a distant location where I will bring in 20 people from different companies. But right now, I'm looking to connect with 
companies who want to bring me in to do, I, I can do talks, I can do one day seminar, executive seminars. But the thing I love doing most is taking for three days my um, heart-centered true leadership retreat, where I will work hands-on taking people step by step by step and revive all of these wonderful innate natural skills and abilities to, as I said, um, bring them back to having authentic relationship so that all of these other great things can start to happen. But here's one thing that people, if they want to take away, something that they can think about, consider, and start to grapple with, and that is to exercise exercise their interest. And this is why I say a leader, forget about being interesting. A lot of leaders worry about, oh, I have to be interesting. I have to, I have, to have this thing called executive presence. Right. You cannot make yourself have presence. You want to have presence? Here's the key. Because presence is great. You know, you want to be commanding. You want to be listened to. You want to be heard as a leader, right? Mm -hmm. Well, here's the key to presence. Forget about being interesting. Be interested. Be interested. And I would like everyone to, to consider this very seriously, to exercise your interest in who? The other. That person is standing right in front of you. You have no idea what they're carrying around, the old trauma, the suffering that they're carrying. Be interested. Be curious. I'm not saying be a therapist. Not, the only person who should be a therapist is a licensed therapist. What I'm saying is be curious, be interested. The more you exercise your interest, ask questions. I heard a great, I heard a wonderful executive from Adobe give a talk and she said, you know what? Slow down. Ask the person, ask the, ask your employee, how you doing? You know, how you doing? But you, but you gotta mean it. You have to mean it. Now, I would say, I would venture to say that most people listening and most leaders, if I said, would you choose to add to the suffering of your employees? Would you choose to purposely add to the suffering of your employees? I would venture to say that most people would say, no, of course not. Of course not. Well, then I say, do anything and everything possible to raise yourself to the level of top 5% leadership where you exude cues of safety so that your employees, your leaders, your team feel safe to be their whole complete selves with you, to show up at 100%, right? To show up at 100%, to get on board with you, to face in the same direction, to invite you to be rigorous with them and to, and to love it and to enjoy it to have fun, to get up every day enthusiastic about coming to work. Now, how many people every day are enthusiastic about going to work? I don't think it's the majority. And I think that's a shame. I think it's yeah. unfortunate. And this is, this is my, this is my manifesto and my mission. I want, I want everybody to be happy to come to work, right? To feel satisfaction, to feel like they're making a difference. And I want leaders to institute and create an environment where that happens. You know what? Not only will the employees and the team leaders be happy and, and satisfied and know they're making a difference, but the senior executive will fe also feel the great satisfaction of knowing that they made a difference in every person's life who works with them. That's a big thing, right? That's huge. That's huge. And I cannot think of a better place to wrap up this conversation, which has just been absolutely enthralling for me to listen to. Oh, good, 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 good. We, we get into like nuts and bolts stuff about sales and stuff like that. And I mean, yeah. you know, 
everything that we've discussed here, one of the things that I like is that not only are we talking about like leadership, including sales, but there's a lot of things here that salespeople can pull out when it comes to being yes. with customers and things like that too. Yeah. I think that a lot of that transfers over very easily into the relationships that salespeople. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. I can add, if you'd like to close with something about sales, I can add something. One of the most important things that I can offer in terms of thinking about for salespeople, thinking about being effective as a salesperson. Uh, and here it is. You, what we must all must do is get our attention off of the, now this is hard. And, and I, I know salespeople will really relate to this. We must take the attention off of the results. Now, uh, every salesperson, right? They, they, of course they want the results. They, they want to make the sale, but you know what? If your attention is on the results, what it makes impossible is the most powerful thing to occur that's going to have the person who you're hoping will right buy from you in whatever form that is, it will have it will prevent them from falling in love with you. Because you know what? People will do anything, they will buy anything, they will write if they fall in love with you. And that means to be living with them moment to moment to moment, being caring for them, being curious, being interested, all the things we were talking about in leadership. If a, if a salesperson is actually not faking it, not pretending it, because you know what? Again, that nervous system over there, they knows they know yeah. when you're full of it. They know when you're full of it. They know when you're just trying to get to the sale. It's like, yeah. you know, it's like the difference between a one-night stand and a loving relationship where sex is the culmination and the, the reflection of two people loving each other, loving each other dearly. Yep. Right now, as a salesperson, do you want one, a one night stand with your clients one after the other? Or do you want to have a long lasting, loving, intimate relationship where they come to you over and over and over to 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 buy the things you offer because they because they know you care about their needs? So now I've heard many salespeople talk. I've talked with many of them. They say that is one of the hardest things is to let go of the results. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I mean, we talk about detaching, detaching from, from the results all the time too. So, yeah. I mean, we are, we are completely insane. Yeah. Well, well you know, yes. In, in any great art form, and I think sales is a, is an art form. A absolutely. Yeah. It's an art form. What I mean by art form is, and this is the other thing you can read book after book on, and same thing with leadership. I don't like this idea of strategies and tactics. The same thing with sales. There's, there's a million and one tactics and strategies, but you know what? You go try to use those tactics and strategies. They, the problem is you can have them all worked out in your mind, but then suddenly you got a human being over there. Suddenly all those tactics and strategies may not relate to what's happening in the moment. You know what? A great sales meeting is an improvisation. And here's where I bring in the acting, because for actors, they also if they're if they're thinking about the results when they're in front of the camera, like, oh, man, I hope I'm getting a great review. Or how do I look in this shot? Yeah. You cannot function. You cannot. And for a salesperson, if your mind is on the results and your tactics and strategies, you're not in relationship with the person who's in front of you. And so all of it, all of it's going to fail miserably. So we must take our attention off of the results. And what we must do is enter into a wonderful relationship. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Relationships. It's all yeah. about 
relationships. So yes. if people want to get in touch with you, yes. uh, they can they can look you up on on LinkedIn. It's yeah. Larry Silverberg. And, and I just want to make sure that we spell this out. Uh, Silverberg, B-E-R-G. Yes, Silverberg, S-I-L-V-E-R-B-E-R-G. They can go, right. they can check out my very new LinkedIn as I'm making this shift in my, you know, as I'm broadening my work. They can also, my email is simple. It's just Larry at LarrySilverberg.com. I don't have that website. The website's being worked on. It'll be, eventually it'll be finished, uh, mm-hmm. but they can reach me that way. And I invite, I invite people to have a great conversation with me. And, you know, in a conversation with me in a few minutes, I can really identify where, where they are with their challenges in terms of all the things we've been talking about. And we can, um, you know, I, I love, I love working with people. And I love helping them in this way. So I invite, I invite all your listeners to have a, let's have a great conversation. That sounds, that sounds absolutely terrific. Larry Silverberg, he's living at the intersection of authenticity and leadership. And we're so happy that you joined us on the show today. Really Thank appreciate you, Bob. it. Thank yeah. you, Bob. You, you, you've been a great partner in this, uh, in this little improvisation we just did. Yeah, exactly. Improv. I love it. And thank you for streaming this episode of Making Sales Social. So remember, when you're out and about this week or whenever you're out and about, be sure to make your sales social. Thanks for listening and join us again for more special guest instructors bringing you marketing, sales training, and social selling strategies that will set you apart. Don't forget to subscribe to get the latest episodes from the Making Sales Social podcast. Leave a review down below. Tell us what you think, what you learned, and what you want to hear from us next. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. Visit our website, socialsaleslink.com, for more information.